Welcome back to As the Prop Turns. I'm your host, Kat. Today is our first episode honoring women in aviation. Very exciting. We will be talking with Alexis Lawrence today, who is not only one of our instructors here at SFS, but she is now one of our stage check instructors, which is very cool. I really love this industry because you get to watch people progress. Um, I first met Alexis, I think it was back when she was working on her commercial multi uh, in 2020, and she was also one of our dispatchers, and now she's halfway on her way to the airline. So I just love seeing the, uh, the career progression that our team takes. It's just so rewarding. But anyway, we have Alexis here today, and we're going to be discussing her journey and how she got into aviation. So Alexis, thank you so much for being here today. Of course. I'm so glad to be here. How honored are you to be our very first guest? I'm very honored. I was very <laughs> excited when you told me. Uh, I couldn't think of a better first guest. We've, uh, you've been with SFS for a really long time now, right? Yeah, I've been here for going on, I think, four or five years since I started back in my private, which was back in 2018. So it's been, it's been a cool jury journey to see the progression of Superior as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, so you did do all of your training here at Superior? Yes, um, so I did all my training except for my multi, because at the time we were in the process of getting our uh, twin star now that we have. Uh, so I've done everything from private all the way up to my multi-engine instructor. I started my private back in 2018 and got it in March of 2019. And that was really cool to see, and my instructor was a female as well, so it was kind of cool to see a female teaching another one. And then I got my instrument, with uh, Philip, who was also a stage check instructor here, who has since been to the airlines. It's cool seeing them leave, which is also sad, but, and then yeah, everything's history. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess let's start off with, you know, what originally got you into aviation? So aviation is, uh, it runs in my family. Any, anybody who knows when they ask me what got you in aviation, they always assume there's someone there in the family or someone I knew who wants to be a pilot. Because it's not typical that you think, oh, I want to be a pilot. You know, you think of them when you go to the at the airport, but you leave and then it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, absolutely. So my grandfather was a pilot for Delta. Um, he's since retired. And then my father flies for Southwest, and then my uncle flies for Delta. And uh, it was cool just seeing what they get to do and just the cockpit. And now that I kind of understand things, it's really cool to see that. And I remember... Well, I don't remember it, but my mom told me the story. <laughs> I was three years old, and my dad was working on, I think he was just becoming an instructor, and he took me to go fly with him. And little three-year-old me thinking of a plane, I'm thinking a jet, you know, big plane. Right, right. And we come up to this small little uh, piper of some sort, and I'm like, Dad, what is this? Like, <laughs> we're flying in this thing? Um, so it was really cool, and I was flying the plane, but I obviously couldn't see out anywhere. I was just, right. you know, holding the controls, and... That's my first memory at three, being in an aircraft, and I've been around planes my entire life, really. That's awesome. So that was like your first taste of that. That was my first aviation. taste. I can't say I remember it much, but <laughs> I do remember it was right inside the plane. So that's very cool. That's very cool. So, um, you know, with you having done a lot of your flight training here, you did that in your own airplane, right? Um, so I did everything except for my private and my plane. Um, so my dad kind of made me a deal, which is a pretty sweet deal. He said, if I get my private and I want to continue, that he would get an airplane. So I was like, That's well, killer. I got I to gotta say yes to this. Like, who's <laughs> going to turn down a plane? So I got my private um, in a one of our November models. And then in 
2019, summer of 2019, we went and got a plane, which was actually pretty close to here. And her name's AC. I named her, <laughs> which was my dad's old call sign when he was at ASA. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So it's pretty cool. And it's it's rewarding. Uh, I'd never try to take an empty plane. So if I get to go up, I take an instructor with me or someone who, you know, wants to fly. Um, so I've got, I've done my instrument and my commercial, my CFI and my CFII all in my plane. So it's definitely cost effective uh, yeah. to do everything in your own plane if you have the opportunity to. And my brother also wants to go through aviation and, you know, become a pilot. So he gets to fly that as well. So it's pretty, pretty cost effective to put two kids through on one plane. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really lucky for you guys. How is it training your brother? How is it, you know, training a family member? Well, you know, you have the brother, sister, civil rivalry, and I expect a lot of him because he is around aviation a lot with my father and me, my grandfather. I sometimes expect a little too much of him, and yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, we always do something funny for Christmas, and we always say the funny uh, to from for name tags, and he's uh, his two was, I don't know, you tell me, because that's what I always tell him, because he always <laughs> asks me questions in the plane, and I'm like, I don't know, you tell me, or he'll say to right rudder, because flight instructor's thing is always more right rudder, um, and then he'll say like from, from your stu- favorite student pilot. But it's definitely rewarding to see him grow. He's a great pilot. Um, he's it's pretty cool to train him. We don't fight in the plane too much. Just, That's good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just the typical. And then it's funny because he'll be doing something wrong, and I'm like, Colin, what are you doing? So I would go and show him, and then I realized how difficult it actually was because of the weather or the winds. And I'm I turn to him and say, Wow, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> So it's pretty cool to teach him and just anyone around his age when he's just turned 18 and I have a lot of younger students Mm -hmm. and it's just cool that they're so young and that they're learning how to fly before they know how to drive a car and it's, it's crazy that they can do that. So if you can start young, definitely recommend doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's a really good point. So with all that, uh, being said, what would you say is your favorite thing about aviation? I mean, what's what's there not to love about aviation? It's something that is a once-in-a-lifetime thing to be able to do that and also not only to learn how to fly, but then to say, you know, I'm a pilot. I can go and take a plane up whenever I want and go fly. I can go, you know, they always say a mile of road will take you one mile, but a mile of runway will basically take you anywhere. Um, and it's That's cool so true. to be able to, hey, if I want to go take my friends over to the next state to go grab dinner. I can do that. The sights that you see and just the peacefulness that you have up there, you know, you can have a really bad day and go and fly and just your whole mindset changes, just the beauty that you get to see. And I'm a sucker for uh, sunsets, love sunsets. Yeah, so whenever absolutely. I see a good one, I'm like, I got to get in the sky and go look at this. And it's nothing like on the ground. No, 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 <laughs> no. You, you can see it for just miles and watch the sun go below the horizon and, you know, pictures never do it justice, but right. you get to have it and see it. And it's just the the experiences you get, the people you meet with aviation, it's such a small niche that... Yeah, it's a great community. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's people all over the place that you'll go and see, and you hear them talking about flying. You're like, well, I'm a pilot, too. I can talk to them. Yeah, I can talk to them. And it's just cool the connections you make with people from that you never would have thought. Um, Yeah, aviation is, it's definitely, it's cool. It's nothing, you know, like people say, oh... I'm this or I'm that as a career, but when you hear a pilot, people are like, you're a pilot? 
what? Yeah. Because it's just not something that they're used to. Yeah. And that's something I love also is, you know, becoming an instructor is to teach people that and to share my experience and help guide them to share the same experience as I. Yeah. I think people don't realize actually how not easy it is to become a pilot, but it's very attainable to start the flight training and, and get on your career path. Yeah, it really, it's it's not a hard thing. If you can put forth the effort, you can, anybody can become a pilot. Yeah. Um, I know the funny thing is, is my favorite question I was asked when people found out that I was a pilot, which is whatever, but they go, don't you have to be smart in math and physics? And I'm like, well, first of all, are you assuming I'm not smart? <laughs> right. You don't know. <laughs> no, I'd suck at physics, not a thing. Um, so no, you don't have to be smart in math and physics to yeah. become a pilot. Um, it's just a lot of just... Uh, it is a lot of information starting out because you are flying a plane, right? but it's definitely something that, like I said, I've got 16-year-olds who are flying right yeah. now who are learning to become pilots. So if they can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, for sure. For that's, sure. that's just so great. Yes, uh, it's pretty cool. And like I said, I we have 16-year-olds fly here, and we have people who are oldest person, I think, was 71 who just got his private. Yeah. So it's never too early to start, and it's never too late to That's start. That's so true. People always think that there's, you know, a cap on it, and there's definitely not. It's, you know, it is a career path, but it, you can also use it for personal use. Right. I, I have uh, multiple students who just want to fly just to fly and be able to take themselves for their business, um, take their friends up, stuff like that, because... You know, when you think of flying, it's not just airlines. Right. Like everyone thinks, oh, airlines, airlines, airlines. There's so many endless possibilities in aviation. There really is. Whether it's helicopter flying or going into the military or doing kind of private personal flying, business flying, airline flying, instructing. Yeah. I mean, there's just endless possibilities to go with aviation. Yeah, I was just talking about this with someone yesterday. It's like you know, a lot of people are, are wondering, you know, I'd love to get into aviation, but will I have a job? Like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah. You will have a job. Yeah, the industry right now is bleeding pilots. They they can't get pilots fast enough. I mean, there's so many new programs that airlines are starting to help partner with flight schools to get pilots to flow through and go to the airlines. And it's really, it's a great time. If you're ever thinking about it, make the jump. It is expensive, yeah. but it's definitely worth it in the long run. Yeah. And I know that can be intimidating taking out a loan because it's not cheap for flying. Right. But if you can make the jump, you'll, you won't regret it for sure. Yeah. I always say, you know, it's a sacrifice in the beginning, but the reward is endless. I mean, I have a prime example. My father, he was making pretty good money at his old job and he, uh, when he married my mom, he knew that my, well, his, I guess, father-in-law, so my grandfather was a pilot, and he was like, you know, I've always wanted to do that. That sounds cool. But he had to quit his good-paying job. Yeah. He had to take a loan out for flight training. And back then, the regionals, so the companies that are basically smaller airlines, didn't pay a lot. Right. I mean, it was a huge risk to take, and now he flies for Southwest and is absolutely loves his life. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see it is a risk, but just take it. Yeah. Definitely. That's, that's so great. Yeah. One of our old, uh, state check instructors, Jeremy, I think he went to PSA, but he wrote this kind of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not sentimental, but like this kind of speech thing mm -hmm. where he went and got his ATP and passed his check ride for the airlines. And he said, I hated my job. I was working nine to five, yep. didn't like it. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. And now he's exactly where he wants to be in life. Um, yeah. And Superior, you know, if you wanted a college degree, we offer, we partnered with Liberty here so you can get a college degree while getting flight training. So I know 
people think, oh, you have to pay for a degree, but then you also have to pay for flight training. We'll just do it together. Right. Get a degree in aviation. Or uh, like me, I decided to get, I went to Kennesaw State University and I didn't think I wanted a degree in aviation because I wanted something as a backup just in case. Right. And I love uh, criminal justice stuff. Love the system. Love learning all about that. So I actually got a degree in criminal justice. Oh, wow. And you don't have to get a degree in aviation. That's another thing that people think they need. Right. But they don't. I mean, look at me. I'm a pilot, and I got along just fine without having a single degree in flying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many different ways you can go about it. Of course, you know, a lot of the airlines are dropping those requirements for a degree. But, I mean, it always gives you that leg up to have that. Exactly, exactly. Yep, it's always... Which, you know, to me, I was, I never liked that they required a degree, uh, yeah. just because, like I said, I, my degree is in nothing related to aviation. It's yeah. more of a backup for me. And at the time, they did require a degree, but now they don't require it because they just need pilots really, really bad. Obviously, having a degree will make you stand out and stuff, uh, but it's definitely not a requirement. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about our school is you could go either way. Yeah. Um, I know you asked me about, you know, what, what I like about aviation. What do you like working as our, our new campus director and what yeah. do you like seeing about flight training? Yeah. So I've been in the flight training industry now for about five years. Um, I have absolutely zero aviation background. Didn't know anything about aviation at all. When I started, uh, I started out as a marketing assistant actually, and then, you know, just worked my way up through the company, learning all about aviation, all the different aspects of, um, of you know flight training and and how all that works and everyone always asks me do you have your license uh, I know that was my first question <laughs> when I met you do you have your license and the answer is no and there's no particular reason why I don't have it yet I'm I'm actually thinking about uh, getting started on it um, I wanted to finish up school and all that before I jumped into another you know sort of school mm-hmm. um, so I am thinking about it but. You know, when everyone always asks me that, I say no, and they're like, oh, why not? And I said, well, you know, something that I've realized being in this job is I'm very passionate about getting people who are passionate about aviation. I'm passionate about getting those passionate people in the airplane. Right. That's yeah. I like to see those people meet their goals. Yeah. It's, it's definitely cool to see, you know, put students through, and especially you, because you did all the enrollment, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. yeah, you got to see them start, and now a lot of them are getting towards the end where they're starting to become instructors, and you got to see yeah, that progression. It, it's just really cool. It's like, you know, I've, like I said, I've been in this for five years, so I've seen people go from, you know, they walk in the door, and they come meet me for the first time, like, hi, I'd like to become a pilot, and now they're off at the airlines, you know, a year, two years later. It's it's very rewarding to see that. Yeah, it definitely is, and, you know, from an instructor standpoint, I've had my father's student now, I started him from day one, and now he's working on his commercial. And it's cool to see the progression of what, what we were actually just talking about it. I was like, how do you how do you feel that, you know, a few couple months ago, you didn't know how to fly at all. Right, and right. now you're learning how to be a commercial pilot. He's, he's like, it's crazy. I'm like, I know, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it happens fast, too. It does. If you can put the time for it, you yeah. can get it knocked out very quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's another thing that people are worried about is timeline, you know, like, oh, I don't want to, I can't quit my current career or whatever. Um, but that's the great thing about our school is we're super flexible with that. Oh, like, yeah. There's no, no reason why you can't, you know, continue on with 
what you have going on in your personal life um, while you're doing your flight training. I mean, we see it all the time. Yeah, exactly. I have two students who work Monday through Friday. We'll fly after their work uh, when the weather permits and we'll fly on the weekend. So we definitely, uh, we have a lot of instructors here with very flexible schedules and we'll accommodate whatever, whatever you need. We're here to help you and get you to your flying goals, whether it's just a private or airlines. Yeah. We got you. Yeah. We try and be (laughs) as customizable as possible. (laughs) <laughs> for sure. Um, so I know, uh, you know, this month is, is Women in Aviation, um, and, and the conference is coming up here in about two weeks or so now. Um, so what kind of advice would you give, like, other girls and women that are interested in getting, you know, a career in aviation or just, you know, getting into it at all? Right. So, you know, getting into aviation for anybody can be kind of a scary thing because it's so different from what you're used to. Uh, For the women aspect is there's not many women who are in aviation. um, We were just talking about the statistics earlier, and I recently just looked. They posted, I forgot who it was. I think it was the Women in Aviation uh, chapter, which we'll talk about. They posted something with updated statistics of only 8% of all private pilots and up are women. That's insane. And there's, I think it was over 170,000 pilots, if not more, um, which in the United States, 8%, that's that's nothing. That's, yeah. That's so little. Uh, going even smaller than that, airline pilots. Anybody who's at the airlines, 4% are women. Wow. And then going even smaller, airline captains is going to be 1%. So there's, that's crazy. there's not a lot of people in flying. And I think it kind of has to do with the old stigma that men should be pilots way back when and that people are trying to slowly get away from that that anybody can be a pilot male or female and you know I um one of my favorite uh stories I've read about aviation was a thing called Nerva Steele who was written by Tammy Schultz and if you haven't read that book it's a great book it's it talks about her journey of getting into aviation back in the 70s or 80s oh wow and she was actually a navy pilot um and just the things that she went through and the hardships she went through, it was crazy. And now she was a Southwest captain, and she had that, uh, I guess not famous, but kind of famous story of when the uh, engine kind of caught on fire and fell apart. And mm. there was a tragedy that happened. Mm-hmm. And it was just how she handled it and with, like, grace and just everything she handled from day one textbook just, you yeah. know, learned what you know did what she learned and then put it to the test which is everything that we're doing in aviation is right. taking everything we've learned and being there for if something goes wrong yeah my advice to girls getting in aviation is you know talk to other girls and you know like me i i was in a sorority i try to help a lot of my sorority sisters and talk to them about being in aviation and try to encourage other women to get into it. That's awesome. Um, I actually just have three, uh, three female students, four female students now, which is pretty cool. That's half of my load. Uh, typically females like to stay with females and yeah. aviation. It's just, I'm not dissing men or anything, <laughs> but uh, for privates, it's uh, to get your private pilot's license. You know, women have kind of a thing where they're a little bit more patient. They're right. teachers, you know, cause most women are teachers in right. the, you know, school field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would encourage if you can find a female instructor and really get that connection and be comfortable with them and stuff like that, you know, yeah. it's a great thing. Uh, so basically what Women in Aviation is, because we're having a conference in March, which I get to go to this year, which I'm super excited about, um, 
it's just, you know, females from all over the, all over the world. It's an international organization coming together to talk about, you know, their experiences and to help, you know, be a light for, and a role model for other women who are thinking about getting into aviation because, you know, girls are great pilots too. Like we can fly, (laughs) you know, it's it's getting that 737, 747, you can be there. It's kind of funny looking when you see a <laughs> little girl staying next to a plane, you're like, you're about to fly that? Um, yeah, that's cool. It's it's nice to see that there's a whole, you know, conference dedicated to, you know, inspiring these girls. Right. And, you know, they do have the conference once a year, but they, they have a whole chapter. So I'm also involved in the uh, Women in Aviation Atlanta chapter. So each I'm not sure if it's each state or each major city kind of has their own chapter. Okay. Um, and there's probably 20, 30 girls in that who come from all backgrounds, such as either a private pilot or working as an airline pilot, corporate, captains, whatever it is. It's just cool to see where these women are in different stages of aviation and how we come together to either be a mentor for somebody, help them out, you know, go exactly. out to grab lunch with them or coffee or whatever it is and just, you know, talk about flying. Um, you know, it's cool to talk about flying with guys, but it's different (laughs) when it's another girl that you get to have that same, you know, interaction with. Because it's, whenever I see a girl, I'm like, oh, you, you want to be a pilot? Come on. (laughs) I have a lot of girlfriends that I'm trying to convince to start aviation. I've reached out to a couple of my friends and they're like, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but you know, like I said, I think the biggest stigmatism against it is one, you have to be smart and, you know, math, physics and all that. Like I said, you don't have to be smart in that. Right. I mean, basic math is what you've got to do for flying. And also just the old stigmatism of, again, men are pilots. Right. And you've got some men who, the older men who are starting to filter out that don't think that women should be pilots. Well, my advice to women is why not? Go yeah. out there and show them how good you are and how good that women can be. And, you know, go from there and excel at what you do and do what you love. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome advice. And, you know, that's really one of the main reasons that I wanted to bring you on here today is so that you can kind of share your story and and really, um, you know, just inspire anybody who's thinking that it's not possible. Yeah, it's it's possible for anybody, it's, uh, especially females. You know, it's cool to see and be in the cockpit with them and teaching them how to fly and just really having that connection. Cause you do have your boy students and you've got your girl students and there is a clear difference between them, which is funny. Girls and guys think totally different yeah. on, on the most part. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to see the teaching style that I have with, you know, different students of mine. Um, but yeah, it's just, if you want to do it, go for it. And, you know, we do have, we actually, I was the only female instructor here for I don't know how many months, probably. Yeah, it was a good bit. For a little while, and I was... And before you, we only had one. Yeah, we only had one. It's very... One or two at the max, and it was funny, because I was talking to my mom, and before we had brought on our just recent uh, female instructor, I we had a team meeting, and there was probably... 15, 20 men in the room, and I was the last one to walk in. Everyone just, like, looked at me, like, hey, guys, what's up? Uh, So it was pretty funny just to see, you know... I'm the only one in there that was the girl. Yeah. And now that we're bringing on um, another instructor, who I, didn't you say she's going to be on the show later? Yeah, yeah, we're going to have Tina on later this month for sure. Yeah, and it's good to see her, and we kind of have been talking and stuff, and it's it's cool to have another girl around here that you can kind of go to and be your buddy. Yeah. Um, and so I'm definitely excited to have her on the team and not be the only female instructor yeah. and, you know, encourage people to 
start flying. For sure. And that's the cool thing that we like to see. Like, you know, you and Tina were both students here, you know. So, like you said, you have four, um, you know, female students now. And and we would hope to see that, you know, those girls go all the way through and then start instructing here. So it, it's just going to be a big cycle of, of, you know, encouraging those girls to keep right. on going. Definitely. Yeah. And like I said, you know, now that we have two here, if anyone's ever interested or um, hopefully we can do some podcasts about answer questions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, just general aviation questions or just how would you teach this or stuff like that. Yeah. You know, we're here to help. And that's that's what I want to do is encourage anybody and everybody to yeah. start flying. Yeah, not just girls, everybody. But, you know, <laughs> women's the focus this month. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. And when we get back, we're going to ask Alexis some of her favorite and not so favorite stories. Okay, everyone, we are back. Let's do some uh, some more questions, get some more stories out of Alexis here. So, Alexis, besides your own airplane, uh, what's your favorite GA airplane? Favorite GA airplane? Well, I have actually, um, which is kind of uncommon for someone my age, I've been have been able to log time in over 17 different aircraft. Wow. Um, of course, my favorite is going to be the fastest one that I have flown, <laughs> uh, which is the Navajo Chieftain. It's uh, multi-engine, and it's funny because the Cessnas that I fly here, their engines are between 160 to 180 horsepower, and that's mm-hmm. one. On the Navajo, it's 350 per engine, so wow. 350 horsepower per engine. So it's it's going much faster. Um it's definitely a good transition from that plane to the airlines because uh, things okay. are happening much faster. You're going triple the speed, a lot more horsepower is going on. So it's to me, it's made me um, a better pilot, uh, better yeah. decision-making, quicker decision-making. So if anyone has the opportunity to get in any kind of multi, that's where uh, the fun starts. Is, yeah. You know, it's always more fun when you get more engines, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So obviously uh, you have done some flights in our twin star too, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, a uh, funny story about that. Back when I was getting my commercial single engine, you actually have to have 10 hours in either a complex aircraft, uh, complex meaning you've got retractable gear, uh, constant speed propeller, as well as flaps, or in a technically advanced aircraft, basically meaning that you have a two-axis autopilot so the plane can keep your altitude as well as your heading, um, as well as a primary and secondary flight display. Mm-hmm. So we call the like our G-1000 tier. Right. Um, our Cessna, Cessna 172s have a G-1000, which counts as our technically advanced. So I needed time in that. And at the time, we only had one G-1000 back in I think, 2020. Uh, well, actually, it was 2019, 2020, around then. Mm-hmm. And our... I had some of the time in a multi, so I got that complex time. And then our G1000, I flew it down to Daytona, uh, where our basically sister company, Phoenix East, is located. Yeah. And I got, you know, almost all my time, and I was short 1.6 hours. Mm. And, okay, 1.6, great, I'll get it in the G1000. Well, my check ride was coming up in a week, and our G1000 went down because there was some computer issue in it. Oh. And we had no idea. How, they had no idea how to fix it. The avionics guys, they had they had to order parts. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm 1.6 <laughs> hours short. So they actually, um, our vice president of the company, flew up from Daytona that week in the Twin Star 
And because the plane was down and I had no opportunity because I was flying in a multi that our school actually sold. So I didn't have the complex, like the plane anymore. Yeah. So I got to fly the twin star for free for my 1.6 hours. And it was the first plane I had flown with a stick. Okay. Um, most are yokes, kind of, I call it the quote steering wheel. Yeah. Um, but this was actually like a joystick, you know, like a fighter plane video game. Yeah. So that was different. It was cool. That was my first flight in the Twin Star. It was kind of funny how I got that flight. Yeah. And I decided, uh, and then when I got my commercial multi, I was in a Duchess because we didn't have the multi at the time. Mm -hmm. And then they actually brought Twin Stars up. And um, this guy I fly with, he's uh, one of the reasons I've flown so many different aircraft. Mm -hmm. Um, He kind of convinced me to get my multi-engine instructor rating. And I decided, why not? Let's get it. So I did it in the Twin Star. And I got it back in September of last year, and recently I actually just got checked out for it. So I yeah. am the new multi-engine instructor as well, which I'm super excited That's about. That's awesome. Congrats. We're super excited for you, too. Thanks. Yeah, the Twin Star. It's a cool plane. Uh, it's everything's cool. like does everything itself, so yeah. it's all very high futuristic. Yeah. Very high-tech, very <laughs> futuristic. And it just looks cool. It's like a, it's like a Lamborghini of the sky. It's a yeah. cool sports car. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's go to the opposite spectrum of it. What's your favorite airline airplane favorite airline airplane or jet i should say yeah um i do i like boeings um i don't know it's probably gonna be like a, your classic 737 okay but it's also the, i like the airbus too uh it's kind of a side stick yoke which is similar to cirrus's so if mm-hmm. you've ever been to cirrus with the side stick um and they're the airbus to me is a cirrus with a diamond general aviation put together mm. that just goes fast but then your boeing's your typical old school airplanes which i love mm-hmm. um so i would probably say a 737 which is what my dad flies and, okay uh, it's pretty cool to see that was very cool um okay so you hope to fly that someday and uh what what are your airline plans yeah so um i actually just recently Um, started applying to airlines and hopefully starting to interview for them. And it was kind of funny. We were talking about the women in aviation and how, you know, people don't think of females becoming pilots and stuff. I just went to get a a suit to prepare for the interview. And this lady asked if I was preparing for an interview. And I was like, yeah, um, my first interview, you know, like real professional interview, kind of nervous. And she goes, well, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what, what field is it in? And I didn't feel like getting into too much about being a pilot and all that stuff. Right. So I was just, I just said airlines. And it was funny because she just automatically, one, assumed that I was going to be a flight attendant. Oh my gosh. Um, and two, that I was working for Delta because she made the comment, I hope those purple uniforms don't make you sick. <laughs> because, you know, back then when Delta changed those pur- like purple plum uniforms, yeah. that material made some of their flight attendants sick. And I was like, yeah, no, um, I won't be wearing those, but thank you. Like, <laughs> she's like, well, good luck. And I'm like, thanks. Hope I get the job. Yeah. But we didn't go any further. And it was just funny, you know, kind of what we were talking about. There's not many women in aviation, so people don't think. Right. Oh, they think flight attendant. Yeah. Which she assumed to that old stereotype. Right. Which is nothing wrong with being a flight attendant sure, or anything sure. like that. But I just want to, my personality, I want to be in charge of the yeah. front. <laughs> yeah. And well, actually, it's funny you say that because we do have a lot of flight attendants who, you know, were working as flight attendants for years. And then all of a sudden they're like, why am I back here? I want to be in the front of the plane. So we actually do have a lot of flight attendants that, that come to our school for flight training. Yeah. I'm actually about to start teaching one of them in our, uh, in our twin stars. That's kind of cool. And, um, there's one flight attendant 
and uh, her whenever she posts something about aviation with her flying it's fa to fo for flight attendant to first officer oh, that's cute and it's kind of like a catchy little thing so i always look at it and i'm like there's fa to fo yeah. it's cute so yeah we do have a lot of uh flight attendants who are like why not fly yeah I'm i mean plane. they have the bug for aviation and you know maybe that's how they got started on their journey and then you know now they're like wait i can be in the front Right, and I think um, Delta is actually trying to start their flight attendant program back. I forgot what it's called, but where they have flight attendants um, and kind of push them through flight training to get them to become pilots within the company, which is pretty cool to do. Um, Yeah, you know, pilots, you think flight attendant traveling, pilots traveling, that's why you want to do it because it's new experiences, new places. So absolutely, why not do the cool thing and get the cool views? Heck yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So where do you see yourself in five years then? Obviously the airlines, but like, how do you kind of see that playing out? Yeah, um, well, with the the way that aviation's going, I'm hoping to be at a major uh, within five years, whether it's Delta okay. or Southwest or kind of my goals or the companies. Top two. Because, you know, my dad flies for Southwest, my uncle flies for Delta. So I get to see kind of the operations of how each company works. Yeah. And they both have Atlanta bases, which mm-hmm. I do want to stay in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you know, choosing a field in aviation or like pursuing a career in aviation and you do want to go the airline route, you also want to think, you know, when people choose what airline they want to go to, where quality of life is going to be a big portion of that, mm-hmm. of where's their basis. I mean, if are you willing to move for good to right. a base where that company, you know, has? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of regionals don't have bases in Atlanta. Uh, there are a few. So I'm trying to, you know, think about that aspect of which regional I want to go to. Um, and then so in five years, definitely, hopefully want to be on with the majors, mm-hmm. either Delta or Southwest. And I haven't decided, you know, I, I do want to be I do want to be flying and um, maybe go to captain. Not sure. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe when I have kids a little bit later, kind of take a step back and sure. go in the flight training department because I love teaching. Yeah. Um, go into HR and do hiring process just while my, you know, if I have kids and they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely never want to get out of aviation. Yeah. Well, and so. you don't need to. Like, that's a great point is, you know, you don't always have to be flying to be in aviation. Right. And I know that is a drawback because, you know, most women do want to have kids and right. a family when they get older. and. They are having to travel and be away from home, which, you know, it's, they always say it's easier for the men to do that. And it is because the women always want to be around the kids. Um, but you just because you have a family doesn't mean you have to get out of aviation. There's yeah. so many different opportunities, like I mentioned, that you can still stay with a company, take a few years off of flying, you know, do HR, do the behind the scenes operations, uh, do flight training in the flight training department and then go back to flying when yeah. your kids get older so you can stay home. For sure. Um, that's definitely some considerations I've had as well. Yeah. Well, and that's great, you know, that that just because it's, you know, this type of industry, you're able to make it work no matter what. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they always say if you do what you love, you're not working. And, yeah. you know, you, just, you make it work. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, okay. So let's get into a little bit more of, uh, of like the flying side of it. So... Uh, what would you say was maybe your scariest story flying? Well, you know what I'm about to say. Yeah. I came in not freaking out, but was like, what the heck? Um, so we have, um, this is the one thing I always tell my students is we are at a controlled airport, mm-hmm. meaning that there's a tower who uh, clears us to, you know, take off, land, stuff like that. And I always tell them, 
don't just blindly trust the tower. Yeah. Because they're not in the plane. They sometimes don't see what you see. And, you know, just don't blindly trust the tower. Well, there was a plane that was uh, in the downwind coming into land. And I knew where the plane was at because I had heard he said, yep, I'm uh, right downwind. And the ATC guy cleared me to take off. And I was actually with my brother. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there, you know, my brother's doing everything. I'm just monitoring everything. We get lined up on the runway and he puts full power in, makes his announcements, you know, engine instruments are in the green, airspeed's coming alive, and he's focused down the runway. Mm -hmm. And I had anticipated, and so did Tower, that there was going to be separation between that plane and downwind because not only was he in downwind, he had to turn base and final. There was plenty of time for us to take off. Well, the guy in downwind decided that he was going to do what we call a short approach, mm-hmm. which is basically you just pull power and just make an immediate turn straight for the runway. Oh, wow. It's the type of maneuver that you train for typically commercial, called a power F-180. And he didn't tell anybody he was doing that, and Tower wasn't looking outside clearly, and pulls the power and just dog legs it straight to the runway. Oh, boy. Well, we're going full power. And we're about to lift off, and I kind of see a shadow. I look over, like, my right side, and I was like, huh, it's weird. There's a shadow there. And then I look up, and I'm like, huh, that's a plane right there. Okay. And it's funny because they always say, you know, it takes pilots between 5 to 10 seconds to realize something's wrong. Okay. And, you know, I've never had that happen to where I've had to look at something, perceive it being wrong, and how to correct it. Yeah. That was my first moment. And I was like, oh, there's a plane right there. Okay. And then I'm like, oh, my God, there's a plane right there. <laughs> and I was like, my controls. And my brother had no idea because he wasn't looking up. Right. So he was looking down the runway. So I took over, uh, did an aborted takeoff, and got off the runway. And the guide proceeded to fly not only over top of us, but then landed within a couple hundred feet in front of us. Oh, my goodness. And I'm, I'm like, okay. And Tower's like, what the heck? And I'm like, yeah, what the heck? <laughs> and he's like, cancel takeoff clearance. And I'm like, dude, I'm already off the runway. Like, <laughs> you don't have to tell me. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. Like, we're done. Um, so that was probably my scariest because had we had taken, you know, five seconds longer, that yeah. could have been a very different story. Yeah. Um, so it's always, that's why I try to tell my students, you know, one, never blindly trust anybody. Um, you know, you're in the plane, they're not. But two, you know, always be prepared. Always think of head what could happen? If I'm here, if this went wrong, what would I do? So you're yeah. always trying to think. You're not just sitting there. You're thinking, what could go wrong? How am I going to fix this? So you're prepared as much as possible. Right. On the flip side, your best story. I Gosh, there's so many good stories. Um, so my favorite thing when I fly and kind of my best stories is when um, dogs are involved. Yes. So I used to work at a vet. I told myself when I was a little girl that I was going to be a vet. And clearly at a different profession now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's totally okay. So I worked at a vet from 16 to I think 19 or 20 until I moved. And I just, I, I love dogs. I used to foster dogs. I have a passion for them. And I forgot who told me about it, but there's this organization called Pilot and Paws that basically pilots go and volunteer their time in their planes and take either unwanted dogs from either rescues or uh, high kill shelters a lot of times they come from and we'll transport them and fly them across states and I think my coolest story um, was meeting these people from Project Freedom Ride and you can look it up the little boy his name's Roman he's super super cute 
Um, and him and his mom started this organization. And he's actually been on the Ellen Show twice. Wow. He has his own TV show on Disney Channel now. Oh, cool. So it's cool. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of famous because I know them. So yeah. that makes me famous, right? <laughs> um, so I met up with them because I saw the post from the dog needed to go from Augusta uh, out to Colorado. And I can't take my plane that far. Right. You know, it's a little baby plane. Um, but I got to meet them, and I took this dog named Buster. He was a Catahoula mix and beautiful dog. And I took him from Augusta over somewhere in Tennessee. I forgot where. And I actually got featured. Do you know what the dodo is? Mm-mm. Oh, yes, 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 on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So I actually uh, got featured in the dodo oh, cool. about taking this dog to uh like his journey to Colorado and yeah. it was cool to be a part of that and to see your work kind of get recognized. Yeah. Um, not that I do it for recognition, but right. it's just cool to see that and, awesome to help. S- and to spread awareness and stuff like that. And it was funny in the video, uh, the little boy Roman was like, he gets his own private jet. And then they, they have a video of my little Cessna pulling up and I'm like, yep, there's a private jet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's probably my, um, uh, one of my favorite just to be recognized by the dodo and stuff like that. And then another cool story is there was four pilots who came together to uh, have a dog start from Woodstock, Georgia. So I started with the dog. His name was uh, Walt. He was a big black lab. And, and one day he went from uh, Georgia and I took him to North Carolina and met someone in North Carolina who met someone in either Virginia or Maryland who then met someone there to take him to Connecticut. Oh, okay. So he had a all the way up the East Coast one day, and it was just cool to see him at his home. And I stay in touch with them just to see how the dog's doing. And it's, it's really cool That's and so cool. rewarding. So you're really able to mix two of your passions. Yes, animals and flying. I mean, it's it's a really cool thing, you know. That's my passion outside of aviation is helping dogs, training them, fostering them. I haven't fostered right now because I've moved back home and Mm -hmm. we already have four dogs, (laughs) so that's way too many. But I definitely want to keep up that. Um, Yeah, like I said, if you can put your two passions together and do something good, that's what I try to do. And what got me started in it is because I, for my commercial, since I did everything Part 61, Mm -hmm. um, there are a little bit higher standards, or not. I shouldn't say higher standards, higher uh, flight time requirements that Mm -hmm. you have to have. So in order for me to get my commercial, I needed uh, 250 hours. Well, when I was doing my instrument, I had 150 mm-hmm. hours. So I was like, what am I going to do with this 100 hours of flying? Yeah. And so I would just uh, do pilot and paw flights from, you know, here to here. And it was good about it because it forced me to go to new places. And it, it honestly made me a better pilot. Yeah. Because not only was I going to new places, I was going to unfamiliar places, more complex airspaces mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So... I got to put it two together. <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, yeah, we like to uh, feature you on our Instagram whenever uh, whenever you do those flights. Everyone loves to see the dogs. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love dogs? Yeah. <laughs> um, so when, when was the moment that you knew you wanted to pursue aviation? Honestly, it wasn't until I started my instrument. Okay. Which gives you basically means uh, in simple terms that you can fly in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, during my private, it I loved my private, but it was so overwhelming with the sense of because I have a very strong personality, and if <laughs> I don't know something very well, I am hard on myself. So I'm like, I have to know more and more and more. Yeah. And so that's why I felt like I knew so little because your private is your license to learn. You mm-hmm. know, you get that to learn continuously as you fly and right. progress as a pilot. Um, and then I started doing instrument flying 
And to see the the whole other side of aviation that pr- even private pilots don't know exists. Yeah. I mean, there's a, basically imaginary interstates you call right. up, up in the sky that you, you can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to ATC and see how they control people and how they're uh, separating traffic. It's just a whole other side of it that you can't see. Yeah. Um, literally, when you're in the clouds, you can't see. Yeah. So um, I definitely had a... a, a more respect for flying okay. once that happened. And instrument flying, is it's so fun. Flying in the clouds, you can't see anything. Yeah. And you're like, why is that fun? But it's just, <laughs> you have to do it to understand it. And um, that's what I knew. I don't know if there was a particular moment. Okay. Um, I think when I went to the beach, I got to fly to the beach for the first time oh, and yeah. see that. And I was that's like, cool. yep, this is... I was doing instrument flying, and I was like, this is what we're, this is what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> love it. So from there, here we are. Rest is history. So you kind of got into it a little bit, but uh, what obstacles did you kind of face during your flight training? Um, my biggest obstacle was, like I said, my private. Uh, I was in college at the time, and you know I wanted to have fun in college. I didn't want to overwhelm myself. Sure. Um, so I was doing school, and I was in a sorority. I was in extracurricular activities, doing intramural soccer, um, different clubs I was in. Mm-hmm. And so trying to juggle all that with trying to fly was it, it was a lot. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have done it, but I did it, <laughs> and here we are. Um, but I think just the, the time that I had to put towards it in the beginning, I spread myself too thin. Sure. And then weather, that's a big yeah. obstacle for everybody. It's yeah. just weather, um, stuff like that. But biggest obstacle, I would say, would be in the beginning with time management. But then once I graduated college, my job was to fly, sure. and things happened and progressed a lot uh, more I guess quickly, you would say, quickly, quicker. <laughs> sure, yeah. So then private then was your hardest, per se, rating? Uh, yeah, I would say that. I know a lot of people say it's the instrument just because there's so many technical factors that go behind the scene that they're not used to. Yeah. For me, it was instrument, again, because there's just a lot of new information that you have absolutely no idea about. Sure. Um, it's like learning math for the first time. <laughs> In a way, not necessarily. It's just, it's... Um, it's a lot of information that you need to know a little bit about for a lot of information mm-hmm. where instruments more focused and it's just kind of a building block. Everything's a building block in aviation. Yeah. Um, but my biggest thing is like, I felt like I knew nothing mm. and I wanted to know more. So yeah. then I was like, all right, we're going to keep going. Yeah. And I still have a lot to learn and all, you know, you can ask the instructor here, you can ask him something about the airlines about, uh, something complex and we're like I don't know we're not there yet <laughs> so there's exactly. still you know even as an instructor there's still a whole field that we haven't seen yet yeah uh, so harness rating favorite rating favorite rating probably my instrument yeah okay. I I loved it it just like I said it opened the field to do so much more if yeah. it was cloudy out you weren't stuck on the ground you could still go fly and yeah. um you can get from point A to point B, or if you got stuck in bad, not bad weather, because we can't fly through thunderstorms, but just mm-hmm. clouds that were unforecasted, you can go. Or yeah. you can get a clearance and be completely safe and legal to go and fly. Um, it just opens your horizons, and uh, being able to get from somewhere completely in the clouds and then land safely at another airport is quite amazing to me, yeah. that you can be in the clouds until two, three hundred feet high and mm-hmm. still go to that airport. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah, so in- instrument was my favorite. Second favorite would definitely be my multi-ratings because, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, who doesn't love to fly 
twin engines. Right. Like when you're in a Cessna for so many hours, mm-hmm. you're like, all right, it's time to get faster. Let's let's bump it up. Got a need for speed. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's the, very cool. The multis were cool too. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But yeah, it's my career in aviation is. I've been going for four years and still have a lifetime to go. I'm like halfway to the airlines. I need the full 1,500 hours, um, which depends on what kind of route you take. There's faster, more fast-paced routes or sure. uh, higher higher minimums. But got about 500 hours to go, and we'll see where life takes us as an airline pilot. Yeah, it's literally endless possibilities. It really is. It really is. So if you want to get in aviation, now's the time to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Alexis, um, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I really appreciate you being our very first podcast guest and sharing your story with us. Yeah, I'm honored. When you asked me, I was like, heck yeah, I'll do that. That sounds awesome. It was a great time. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. Of course. I'm your host, Kat Granary, and thanks for listening to As the Prop Turns. We'd like to thank our engineer, Tyler Whittington, and our sponsor, Anchor, for making all this possible. And of course, all of our listeners. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and Facebook, handle at Superior Flight School. And remember, when one door closes, another one opens. Other than that, it's a pretty good Cessna.